you know, they got him dead to rights. It's like, it's crazy. He's got nothing. Welcome to Politicology. I'm Ron Steslow. Last week, for the first time in American history, a former president was indicted on federal criminal charges. After Donald Trump was indicted over his mishandling of classified documents, he kept after leaving office and then obstructing the government's efforts to reclaim them. So it's about time we took a deeper look at the indictment, the historical significance of these charges, the complex political and legal dynamics, and there's nobody better to unpack all of this with than my friend George Conway. George is a conservative attorney, my fellow Lincoln Project co-founder, whose pontifications, quips, and corgis can be frequently found in a number of outlets and most frequently on Twitter. Uh, He's also a graduate of Harvard and Yale Law School. George, so good to be with you. How are you? I'm doing great. It's nice to be in studio again. Yeah. Happy second arraignment day. (laughs) It's a big day. It is a big day. Um, It's a historic day. It's a historic day and feels like it's been such a long time coming. It has been a long time. Um, And uh, I don't know about you, but the, the first indictment felt so anticlimactic. It yeah, kinda, it was it because it wasn't the one you expected and it wasn't the it wasn't the blockbuster one. Yeah. It was sort of yeah, this this is something that should have been charged by the feds a long time ago and it's really we've seen so much since. So yeah, I know it wasn't it was just the warm-up act. All right. So before we get into the details uh of the charges um and then compare contrast Biden Pence documents etc um First, let's just take a minute to do some, some, some zoom out, some stage setting uh, about the historical context this is happening in, because it, it hasn't happened before in American history. Right. Not only the charges, um, but also the political dynamics that we're, you know, they're gearing up for in 2024. So why don't we start with the, let's start with the indictment in the documents case and, and talk a little bit about the historical significance of a former president facing federal charges well it has never happened before it absolutely is unprecedented uh, he's the only president ever to have been indicted in a state court now he's the only president ever to have been indicted in a federal court i think it's the most significant just in terms of historical and in a political sense um the most significant federal prosecution perhaps since the 1803 or 1804, I forget what year it was, the prosecution of Aaron Burr for treason. I I can't think of anything quite like it. I mean, you know, there have been lots of big trials in American history, the Sacco Vanzetti, uh, Rosenbergs, a great great moment, but, um, you know, none none involving involving accountability for a a criminal president. And we had some presidents who, you know, kind of, uh, went went to that line. Nixon um, managed to skate, and um, you know because because Ford pardoned him, and he committed obstruction of justice. But when you look back at what he did or the evidence against him, it really is just nothing, nothing compared to what what they have on Trump. I mean, those famous smoking gun tape that came out <clears throat> when the tapes were released, and Nixon had lost the tapes case in the Supreme Court, which basically had him almost musing like he, 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 they were explaining to him what was going on with the cover-up and, and you know, they were doing the cover-up, the, the minions, three, right. two, three levels below him. And they were explaining like, you know, these guys need money and so on. Well, we could get that. And then he, 
And then he said something like, well, we could have the CIA tell the FBI to back off the investigation. And that was the, that was yeah. the smoking gun line that took Nixon down, that caused um, Hugh Scott and other Republicans to go up to the White House and say, Mr. President, your, your support in Congress has collapsed and you will be impeached and removed from office. It wasn't this where he's personally directing right. the moving of documents and directing the issuance of false statements. It was almost like he was just throwing that out. Yeah. He doesn't, he wasn't, or, I don't know. I mean, I have to go back to the tape and listen. It wasn't clear that he was ordering anybody to actually do that, but he, more evidence that he it was more evidence that he was it, like, right? knew, he knew about the cover up <laughs> and was tolerating it. And, you know, just making suggestions about it, but not really directing it here. Trump is in the bowels of this. I mean, it's as though he were himself at the Watergate taking a roll of electrical tape and taping that door open in the garage. I mean, I mean, it's not fun. No, seriously. It's like he was, it's like he's, he was, he was with the plumbers. In fact, it, with the, well, there were two plumbers. There was the plumbers here were Trump and Walt Nauta. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, that's just, that's why the evidence is so powerful is that his, 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 his hands were caught in the cookie jar. And not only that, there it's on video, it's on audio, it's, he's got his lawyer, he's got admitting to his lawyers and, and admitting on tape that his cookie, that his, he had the cookies and his hands were in the jar. It's really quite remarkable. I mean, the, the evidence that they have against him, if you go to any page in that indictment and you just throw a dart and you hit, you know, you hit an allegation that probably is enough by itself to put him in prison. And it's like, every page is like that. It's just, that's, that's how incredible this indictment is. And it tells a clear story. It's a simple story. I mean, this is in a way, it's a big white collar case and a big political corruption case, but usually there's some ambiguity in there about, you know, well, was the money for that? Or was the money for this or something? It's like, there's no ambiguity here. I mean, this is like a, a nickel and dime Bug, drug bust caught on tape by the FBI or the DEA on a street corner in Manhattan. Kind you see the, you know, with, you know, in high def, you see who the, def, <laughs> you see who the perp is and you see the bag of, 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 of crack or whatever the hell it is. And, and, and then they have, they have the, then they, then they seize the crack and they have the crack and it was in his possession and, and they, and they have, you know, they got him dead to rights. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. How 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 tough, how um, how strong the evidence is. Here. Okay, so we'll, we'll get into the charges. We'll get into the evidence um, uh, in a minute. But I think the the other piece of this is um, <laughs> it's funny because I had some friends texting me, "Is this good or bad?" And I was like, "For who?" Like, I, you know, for him, obviously very bad. And then they said, "No, for the country." And I said, Ooh. Uh, well, my my, my view is. Um, you know, people say, oh, it's a sad day for the country. It's a bad day for the country. And, yeah, and, 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 and yeah, it is and it isn't. Well, let's, the, let's be clear. Let's be clear so for people following along. The, the, the thing that is bad for happened. the country, arguably, tr happened, happened, yes. However, we now, in addition to the unprecedented nature of the charges of a former president, there's also the unprecedented political dynamic of yeah, a sitting yeah, yeah. president yeah, but, but let me just say, just, prosecuting a former president. Yeah. During a presidential bad campaign thing, where they're running against the, each other. The truly bad thing wasn't isn't that he's being brought to justice and being held no, accountable. It's good for the rule of law. And, and the indictment. The the bad thing was we had a president who was a brazen criminal who squirreled away these documents, who cavalierly maintained them in a fashion that made them completely insecure, even though these documents were things that foreign powers would 
to engage in a great deal of effort and spend money to get, you know, we, 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 the, the sad thing, the bad thing was we had a president who tried to install himself as permanent president for life in a, in a, in a, in a self, in a self coup. Um, that's what's bad. I mean, what would be worse, the worst thing that could possibly have happened for the country is for the guy to be given a pass on this. I mean, you just cannot, there is nothing that this guy has basically breached his duties in, in such an incomprehensibly vile way that it, it, we can't let this go. It cannot be in any way condoned or accepted or be allowed to pass. So that's my totally opinion. agree. Uh, all right, let's turn to the indictment and walk through what's in it. What are the allegations here for what Trump did and how do they contribute to the charges? And I think um, let's let's walk through that first and then we'll get to the difference between the Biden-Pence stuff. But right. first, first and foremost, what is Trump being charged with? No, he's being charged with principally like for 31 counts or so. He's being charged with a violation of a provision of the Espionage Act, not not for espionage as it is traditionally defined, but the Espionage Act has a bunch of provisions in it that cover things that relate to espionage or that enable espionage. And one of them is that if you are in the possession of, I forget the exact language in, I think it's 793C or E of, the, of Title 18 U.S. Code, if you are in the possession of national defense information that can be used against to harm the country, sensitive national defense in, it, information, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing there, and you are requested by a pro, an appropriate government authority to give that information back, and you do not give that information back, you have committed a felony punishable by up to 10 years in a federal penitentiary. And that's essentially, I mean, that's what he did. Mm. He refused again and again. And you don't have to, for purposes of that provision, which he's been charged with 31 times, you do not, the, the information doesn't even have to be technically classified because the Espionage Act was something that was enacted, I guess, probably around World War One, mm. before, the, you know, they got fancy, yeah. fancy act. All these different classifications. Fancy abbreviations right. and, and, and whatnot, and new, you know, no foreign and all that stuff, whatever. Um, you know, the NATSEC people love, 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 <laughs> love, love, their, love their abbreviations. Um, and it, it doesn't matter. It's just, is this stuff valuable defense information? Yeah. And, you know, this is, the, this is the stuff that goes to the president of the United States that they make numbered copies of that, that – you know, should never see the light of day. They should never have left the White House. They should never have left any, a skiff. And I think the, basically, the, you know, the Oval Office is considered like a skiff kind sure. of a little bit. Yeah, skiff, secure, you know, compartmentalized you're, you're, right, information Right, right. It's yeah. just, you know, you, you, they are not supposed to be taken home, even if you are still a sitting public official. They're certainly not meant to be taken by a former official to a beach house or hotel and shoved in a bathroom and, you know, in unmarked boxes that anybody can rifle through. I mean, it's insane. So So, that's what he's, so that's mostly what the charges are. And then then there, yeah. And then there there are a bunch of obstruction charges under different federal statutes and a conspiracy to obstruct. And that basically just, they just have to show that he acted intentionally in a corrupt fashion or by lying um, to 
um, impede the investigation in some way. I mean, that's, that's, that's the basic concept of obstruction. And they're very, I, I don't remember the different, there are some different statutes that they use here, um, inclu- including just the straight obstruction statute. But I mean, he did that too. There's no question he did that. I mean, we have evidence of his personal valet moving the documents around shortly before the feds were to come yeah. to get the documents. Yeah. And you have, um, him su- suggesting to his lawyer, who then re- puts it in a recording, that uh, w- w- wouldn't it be just better if we just tell them we don't have anything and yeah. you know lie to them, and then then and then when they did come with a subpoena, he didn't produce all the documents, and then he told his lawyers to certify that all the documents had been produced, and then lo and behold, when they got to when they issued the search warrant and executed it, there were still documents there. I mean, it was just there's just. I mean, the evidence of criminal intent is just overwhelming. I just, you know, you just, I just don't see how any rational juror, rational trier of fact could find him not to have had the criminal intent to conceal and to withhold these documents and certainly the intent to not produce them in response to the request, which is a straight out violation of the espionage. That that part seems to be the potentially more potent piece of this prosecution. They have him dead to rights. Well, they have have him dead to rights. I mean, the thing that they did not charge him with was simply having the documents. Right. Because we've got other cases where, Right? right. Right. If he had, if he had, he had these documents, he shouldn't have taken them. There was a huge number of documents. Uh, I don't know how many boxes, hundred plus boxes and thousands of pages of documents. And we saw that, right. And he took, you know, he had them shipped to Mar-a-Lago. And if in May of 2021, when NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration first began knocking on the door and saying, hey, we think you might have some documents with you. Could you take a look? If he had said, come on down. And he had, he had just turned them all over and said, here, you look wherever you want. And, and they had gotten all the documents. And we would probably, we certainly would not be sitting here talking about the yeah. second indictment of federal, of the federal indictment of Donald Trump. And we certainly, we might not have even heard about it. I yeah. mean, there might've been a, may have been a news story at some point that there was a, there was an investigation into this, but it would have been closed. So it's the, it's the obstruction of the government's efforts to get them back. That is really, really. Right. And, and the jerking around, I mean, the refusal to give it back. Right. And then there is outright obstruction, the jerking the government around, which is refusing to give it back, which is the seventh espionage act claim. And then the lying and cheating about it and the squirreling them around and, and such. Okay. So pretty, uh, pretty bad stuff. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bad stuff. So the question here, it, do they have to prove the espionage act stuff in order to get on the obstruction? No, but they, but they, but they go hand in hand. I mean, because I mean, the bottom line is what they have to prove overall in this case was he had the stuff. He knew he had the stuff. They asked for the stuff back. He didn't get the stuff back. And then he lied and hid the stuff. As they're trying to get it back. As they're trying to get it back. Lied or hid the stuff. Oh, those all go together here. Sure. It's, it's not a complex story. It's like... It, it is just not a complex story. And, and, and it all falls and rises together because he, it was all one thing. He tried to keep the stuff and he wanted to keep it secret. And he, it's just, it, and, and all those crimes, obstruction and the uh, re- unlawful retention, um, 
go together. Yeah. But again, he would not, if he just simply taking the stuff and holding it, if he had just said, oh, I have this stuff, you're right, sorry. Um, you know, that, that there would have been no harm, no foul, and he would have gotten off, I think everyone believes, because certainly he wasn't charged with anything that sh- suggests that they would have charged him with that. I mean, and that's why the Pence and Biden cases, which right. you alluded to earlier, yeah. are distinguishable as far as we can tell. Pence yeah. has already gotten a pass and it turned, and I presume that's because based on the reported facts that we know, um, he voluntarily turned some stuff over it. I guess it must've occurred to him though. Well, as everybody else is finding, right. It's like, you know, it's like, I better, do check I, I better check mine, which was kind of conscientious of him. I mean, he could have yeah. just taken a position. I really don't want to know, right. Right. but I think he wisely said, you know, it's possible. And he had somebody take a look because the last thing he'd want would be six months from now or a year from now yeah. to, to, for this stuff to pop up. Right. And then, and then he, they say, well, why didn't you take a look when this other thing happened? You know, it, it was a very, very, you know, it, this, this is preparing to announce this the president. What a, what he's got to distinguish himself right. from the guy he's well, running this against. Is, well, it's also just sort of an, the, the honest yes. person's yes. thing. The, it's the, it's the boy scout sure. thing to do, which, sure. you know, a lot of reasons to do it. Correct. It's yeah. not, you know, there's a, there's it's a the law. It's the law. One yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it was the boy scout. I mean, he could have probably taken the position. I don't really know. And I want to look and, and still not, but it, he, he, he went that extra step and, and that just shows his innocent state of mind. And then the Biden stuff, I mean, yeah. they, you know, I, I can't, you know, there's, I mean, unless there's a some Corvette's evidence. not much better than a it, it bathroom. Ain't, it ain't so. great, but what I, you know, I mean, I don't. I, he also knew about it before the midterms and then sat on it for a while. Yeah. But, but again, he, he, he cooperated with the investigation. He gave the stuff back and he didn't lie about it. Yeah. So. Um, as far as we that know, we I mean, know. That, that we, we know. know. If he did, yeah. then then he, he he may be in the same category, but I can't imagine he would be in the same uh, order of magnitude. Right. And then you have the Hillary Clinton case, which so that one. So just to pause on Biden for a second, that one has not been charged. We no, don't know if it will be charged. We don't know. We it's we don't just, know. It's being but there is a special prosecutor. There isn't. Charged. There is an investigation going on, and we don't know that we charge. But you know, it's yeah. just so far we haven't heard any bombshells about it that really put it in the Trump cat. I mean, the Trump Trump saga is just that it went on for so long and there was so much deception and so much effort to conceal that it's just up to the very last, up to the very right up. Yeah. And and maybe to this day, I mean, the, the government still believes apparently, and they've told, I think they told the U S district court in the district of Columbia, the, uh, the, the judge presiding over the grand jury. I think they told her that they believe that there are still some documents missing, you know, and and with him, anything's possible. With him, anything's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It doesn't feel great to have the, the, the presumptive nominees of both major political parties under investigation for not, not in the same ballpark, but in the, you know, no, it's not great. No, it's, it's it's, it's, it's not a good dynamic. but, But, but to, but to, but, Trump's conduct was so egregious yeah, so, that if it had, if it had been allowed to pass and just say, well, we can't do anything because he was a former yeah. president, you're basically just saying the president is above the law. This is Particularly, and you're saying the president is above the law in regard to you know obeying the rules that are designed to protect yeah. our military, our intelligence sources, and and yeah. you know protect the, the security of the country. Yeah. So there's a tape. Last week, CNN reported that they obtained a transcript of a taped conversation 
Trump had in 2021. Quite remarkable. Yeah, he was recorded discussing a classified Pentagon document about attacking Iran. Right. And in this recording, he acknowledged that the document contained classified information that he could have declassified. But did not. Uh, while he was in office, but had not. Correct. This is what he said on the tape. <laughs> on the tape. And and, and, the, and, 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 and he can hear the paper <laughs> rustling. I mean, there's some, there's some question as to what the document actually was and its provenance. I mean, um, that he may have been blowing smoke about what was actually in the document. But this yeah. just well, shows- the significance the of what he's saying? The significance is that, you know, I know I have classified stuff. I know I didn't that declassified I didn't it. Mentally, I know, uh, right. I, did, I didn't declassify it. And I know that you shouldn't look at this because it's still secret. Maybe that was and what the, and, and, and when he's doing that, he's in a conference room or somewhere in, in, in Bedminster, New Jersey at his own golf club, not in a U.S. government facility. And he's no longer president of the United States. So he had no business possessing it. And there's even a, a, a line in the recording where he says, um, I can't show this to you. And he goes, oh, we could be in trouble or something. But somebody says we could be in trouble or we, oh, that could, that could be a problem. That could be a problem. One problem is like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously so, and they're just treating it like it's some kind of a joke. Problem doing uh, a lot of work. It's in incredible. That. Yeah. yeah, you just yeah, just can't uh, make it up. So this case is going to be tried in the federal district court in Florida, not in DC. Federal district Correct. court in Florida, being known as the Rocket Docket because of the speed with which one of the tend one to. of those one of those districts known <laughs> as a Rocket Docket. The Eastern District of Virginia is one too, which means they move really quickly. Yes, right? we hope. Uh, we hope. Um, do you I mean, think, for the sake of the country. Right, for the sake of the country. What impact do you think that's going to have on the case? Do you think it will indeed proceed? Look, I mean, it's here's, all up here's to part the, of the venue yeah. issue, right? In D.C., people should recognize um, one serious concern prosecutors have is that he can uh, make a legitimate claim that he can't get a fair trial here in D.C. because, yeah, of, the, I, because I, of the politics. I disagree right? with that. Okay. But, I mean, I mean, I think that's, the, I think that's what he would, he would sure, make sure, that he argument. He would make that argument. Right. And certainly, I think it's... It's I mean, the problem he has in the District of Columbia is the fact that the District of Columbia is the most educated venue yes. in the United States. I mean, it has, you know, the highest percentage of people with advanced degrees, and they're going to understand this. Sure. And they're but not going to be able to blow smoke. But I don't think— But if I don't you're think pulling you're, a jury from D.C., it's like 90% Democrats. So, right. Well, so. I mean, there's a core—you know, I mean— we love we love highly educated people, yes. <laughs> or poorly. I don't know, uh, but no. But there's a correlation there, and and and, and sadly, there's a correlation yeah. there. And the, and the Republican Party has become the party of of you know basically feigned or intentional or actual ignorance. But um, yeah. so you know, it, it's it's a bad venue for him, but the Constitution, um, the Sixth Amendment, says that. Criminal defendant is entitled to a jury from the district and from the state and the district in which the alleged crime was committed. And basically all this stuff happened in Mar-a-Lago. So it actually, I mean, some people were surprised. A lot of people were surprised at the case being brought in Florida. And I think that was because so much of the grand jury work and the investigation was done out of D.C. And the, and the mm. false falsehoods were directed at an investigation that was being run out of the records, uh, the archives have been, um, uh, department and the justice department. But the fact is that the, the obstructive act and yeah. the obstructive act, the concealing, the moving the documents are around happened in the Southern district of Florida, West okay. Palm beach division. Okay. okay. So that's what, that's why the case is in, in Florida. Now the question is, you know, a, a judge, now the rocket docket aspect of it is good, but you know, it's, it, it's really all up to the individual judge, the individual judge, 
has not quite unlimited, but very close to it, just the discretion about the timing of proceedings. Yeah. I mean, they, they, if the defendant, the defendant, the statute requires and, 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 and the constitution requires that defendants get a speedy trial, but of this, and there's a, something called the speedy trial act that basically sets off this clock that requires a trial to be held within a certain amount of time uh, um, after charges are brought. But, Defendants can waive that. And this defendant, of course, and a lot of defendants want to delay proceedings. And, and sometimes the prosecutors kind of allow it because they're busy too and they need to put their case together and they're understaffed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here, they're not going to do that. The defense is going to try to put things off. And, you know, the depending on how what the alacrity with which a judge responds to pretrial motions that are either could delay things or they could be legitimate motions that take time. And it's like, you know, if you have a judge who's handled stuff like this before, like these judges here in the district of Columbia who have handled lots of documents, uh, uh, classified documents, cases and espionage cases and whatnot, and their experience with the rules that uh, have to be applied, the special rules that have to be applied to the presentation of classified information in court. Um, you know, you can move quite fast. If you have a, have a judge like the judge who handled the Eugene Carroll case in New York, who's just smart and good and not taking any gruff, you can move a case along quite well. And I think this case is simple enough that you could probably try it within a good judge. If you like you had, you know, Andrew Weissman J or something right, like right, that, right. It, this case would go to <laughs> trial in nine to 12 months and it would be a good thing. I mean, yeah. the defendant would, would get his day in court, the defendant would get his discovery, the defendant would get all the things he is entitled to, and the country would get a resolution, which is really, really ab absolutely the critical need. thing. Desperately need. Yeah. So we'll get to some of those pretrial motions. But that said, you know, you, we've got yeah. this judge, and we don't know what she's going to do. Yeah, and I want to get to the judge in a minute, too, because Judge Eileen Cannon, uh, that name should ring a bell for people. We've talked about her uh, recently. Is there a political difference if a jury of Floridians finds Trump guilty versus a jury in D.C.? Well, that, I think that's so. an, I think that's right. I think that's a very good point, and um, I think that— Not that politics should interfere with the rule of no, law. No, no, but, no, no, but, no, it but, shouldn't, but, but, but in, in terms of, like, you yeah. know, in, in terms of presenting it the historical yeah. record and going back and saying, you know, it's just saying you can't, you won't be able to say, oh, this was a jury of Democrats yeah. and this was a jury of, uh, of liberal people who work for the government in the District of Columbia and, and Byron's. Um, you know, this is, there, there were, there, there were, it, it was a jury of a, of a, of a very divided state with yeah. blue, you know, blue and red divided state. Now that said, I don't, I, I, I don't think the makeup of the jury um, is as outcome determinative as some people think it may be. And I think to illustrate that point, I'd, I'd go back to the Gene Carroll case. The okay. Gene Carroll case, yes, the case was tried in Manhattan in the Southern District of New York, but the Southern District of New York, the federal district that's called the Southern District of New York, includes not only New York, which is Manhattan, uh, and Bronx counties, it includes Westchester County, which is suburban and has elects Republicans from time to time. I mean, that's where Janine Pirro was the district attorney. And Orange and Putnam and Rockland counties, and those have a fair number. Those are there. There's in Rockland there's, County. There are absolutely. Yeah. You 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 will see, you you drive 15, 20 miles north of New York City, yeah. cross the Hudson, and, and you're going to see some pickup trucks with with MAGA signs. I was on. just up in the Catskills. That absolutely. Was, yeah, a lot so you know you're going to get in that, and in the Eugene Carroll case, there were a number of jurors who were not from the Manhattan from Manhattan and Bronx. There was even a fellow 
who uh, told the judge, told the court and the lawyers and the voir dire before getting picked with a jury that he got all of his news from a podcast by some fellow named Tim Poole, who is some kind of a right-wing uh, yeah, nut job yeah. and conspiracy theorist. And the the lawyers didn't quite figure it out. They didn't catch the reference to Poole, and it was mistranscribed in the transcript. They didn't catch it till like two days into the trial, and they tried to get rid of him. Ooh. But it turned out, you know, that this guy, along with the rest of the other the other eight jurors, returned a five million dollar verdict for Gene Carroll, basically in two or three hours while having lunch, <laughs> and uh, he had no problem with it, and he went home. He went and he did the right thing, and and so I, I have hope, and maybe this is uh, maybe maybe this is a, a rose colored glasses view or. A, or, uh, but maybe, maybe I'm just over optimistic, but I do think the jurors and, I, and lawyers will tell you that jurors do try to put their biases away because they see they're in a, they're in a special place, a federal courtroom. They have a federal judge there. They have the flag. They have it. it you know, it's a yeah, very and, solemn proceeding. It's a very serious thing. And it's a very, it's, it's an honor and a privilege and a great responsibility to take participate in this process. And certainly this jury is going to understand the gravity that they've yeah. been charged with. They're right. just going to know they, that and they, going And they in are not, you know, history's on their shoulders. Right. And, and they don't have, you know, it's not like listening to Fox News or even listening to me on the TV <laughs> or the You know, this is, it, this is done by the, this is done by the book, by the rules. You can't, you can't, everything, you, you can't bullshit your way through yeah. a, a criminal trial before a yeah. good federal judge the way yeah. these people can, Avoid questions on Meet the Press or whatnot. Let's talk for a minute about about the defense. Um, There is no defense. Well, well, let's talk about the pretrial motions. Yes. Because that's what I think is going to constitute the majority. It's going to be procedural, right? Right. So they've got... um, Trump's former attorney, Timothy Parlatori, spoke to Political Playbook, and this morning I read a bit about oh, how, I missed that. How, how he'd handle the early stages of the case. It basically comes down to— Why he's um, talking to the press is just beyond me. Well, they, he, they, he couldn't—the uh, reason he left the legal defense team was because he couldn't actually get messages to Trump himself. Uh, I understand like, that, but it's, it's just—I it's just, yeah. mean, even Trump is entitled to lawyers who don't blab sure. to the media. Yeah, yeah, fair. So— Maybe he's not. Uh, so, so you've got so you got you've got a few a few potential things here. One is to first pursue aggressive discovery to craft alternative explanations in response to the government's case. The second is to probe prosecutorial misconduct in in particular an allegation from Trump's team that the Justice Department's counterintelligence chief pressured Trump's body man and co-defendant uh, Nauta. Uh, during an interview by mentioning that his attorney had applied for a D.C. Superior Court judgeship. There's, there's that. And then third is to attack the search warrant, which is, you know, to suppress the evidence found during the Mar-a-Lago search last summer. Um, there's also get Trump lawyer Evan Corcoran's notes excluded because Judge Amy Berman Jackson here in D.C. allowed the special counsel to pierce attorney client privilege using the crime fraud exception, which is a big deal. Um, and the indictment relied a lot on those notes to establish key parts of the obstruction components. Then you've got attack the process to get the indictment. Uh, Parlatory alleges that during the grand jury process, prosecutors repeatedly asked about privileged attorney-client communications and then argued to jurors that invoking that privilege was evidence of guilt. And then last, 
but not least. He said the strategy was to attack the entire investigation and kill the case using a death by a thousand cuts. So of that constellation of approaches, do you think any of them will be effective, could be effective pretrial? And why not? I mean, they got nothing. Okay. I mean, let's go through it one by one. Sure. What's the first one? Yeah. Let's Pursue aggressive discovery uh, the to discovery, come up with a different narrative. There's no, there's no other narrative. Okay. We, we haven't, we've, we've been sitting here for nine months listening to them, listening for them to come up with another narrative. There is no narrative. And in terms of what the discovery is, what are they going to discover? All the, the government's just going to dump all these documents, all of its evidence out and give it to them. They've already got sure. it together. But they there's also no- can get communication that was not in the indictment. So let's, let's zoom out. Tell me if this is wrong or not. All right. Uh, is it fair to say that, especially in a, an indictment like this, the government's strongest case is usually the case is usually at its at its best in the indictment. Yes, and then it is from there. Uh, it could be. It, I mean, it, that could be the case, but I I think the opposite is true here. I think you know this was a I mean, given the amount of evidence that they have, this was a pretty concise pleading. I'm sure they could have had a 500 page indictment if they wanted to. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. It's I very think dense. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's very dense and very, I, I just don't think, I mean, I, and I don't see what the possible narrative is unless all of the evidence that we've seen thus far, including the evidence that was revealed in the search warrant affidavit that was uh, filed um, in August of last year is, is, is falsified. And there's just, there's just no, there's no okay. reason to believe that. That's, that's the first point. And the second point was, let's go back to your yeah, points. Yeah, the second one is, I mean, stemming from that, probe prosecutorial misconduct. Yeah, so if they yeah. come up with some kind of leads and discovery that suggests that there has been it, misconduct it, it, on the it, prosecution It is side. virtually impossible to get an indictment thrown out for prosecutorial misconduct unless it really involves something like where they were like stealing materials without probable cause. Sure. Or, and, and, and do, you know, th- 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 this whole thing about Brat mentioning that Nauda's lawyer was applying for a DC Superior Court judgeship. I, I don't, I don't see how, I mean, I don't know why he brought that up and why it was mentioned, but there, there's no reason to believe that that fellow Brat had any influence on who gets superior court judgeships in the district of Columbia. And and there is no evidence that he was making some actual or credible threat against Nauda's attorney. And that all that being said, Nauda didn't plead anyway. And so what's, what's their point? I mean, Nauda made a big mistake. Nauda should have pleaded. Nauda now is out there hanging out there with Trump by himself. And there's so much evidence against Trump that they don't really need to flip Nauda, even though they probably would have wanted to. I mean, if they took a deal from him today, he's not going to get a great deal because they don't really need him. So that's really, you know, got, they got nothing there. Other, uh, other, the the search warrant, I mean, the search warrant, there's just that, that was approved by United States magistrate judge who found that the, Facts laid out by the FBI in the search warrant affidavit, the affidavit that accompanied the application for a search warrant, there is prob- probable cause. It just means you have to have, like, you know, 
a reason to believe. We tried to get it back. He wouldn't give right. it back. He's and still it, not giving it back. Nothing, they, 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 they we got to go get it. They don't they identify. Yeah. They've never identified anything in that affidavit that was untrue. And when you read that affidavit, it's just, they had every reason to search. Yeah. They had, they had, they had a probable cause to search those premises at that time for those documents. They had way more than probable cause. And I remember thinking at the time, it's like, wow, they got this guy dead to rights. So I don't see how they can exclude the documents there. And and then I don't know what other, you know, the the notion that something before the grand jury, I forget what you said. Yeah, this was, so this is, this, well, this one's interesting to me. Um, He said he would get Trump lawyer, Evan Corcoran's notes excluded. Yeah, but this is is about piercing attorney client privilege. So how do you, it is very hard. It's a big deal. Can you explain that though? The the crime fraud exception, which is is what you cannot, so what is that? Like normally, you know, the, if, if, if you retain me as a lawyer, even if you're, if you're just consulting me to find a lawyer and everything we talk about is confidential. Correct. And and not only just confidential, not only do I as an attorney have a an ethical obligation and a legal obligation to maintain the privacy and the, the confidentiality of what you tell me and the advice I give you, I cannot be compelled ordinarily um, by anybody. Even a judge. Even a judge or even a, a, a grand jury or whatnot to divulge that information and judges respect that. And that's an absolute sacrosanct. It's essential to a functioning sacrosanct. uh, Yes. To a, to an adversarial judicial system. Absolutely. It is because you need people to be able to tell the straight scoop to their lawyers and get proper legal advice. And it helps, you know, it it, it helps the adversarial process. It's critical and it helps people um, vindicate their rights. So in this case, what happened? But here, if, but the, but there is an exception. Okay. If you are seeking the advice of an attorney in order to facilitate or to carry out a, a crime or a fraud, and that's shown um, by a preponderance of the evidence, uh, that privilege goes away. And, and they, you know, the evidence here was he was using his lawyers to deceive the government. He it was suggesting to his lawyers at one point, according to Corcoran, that, uh, that, that, that they not, that they lie to the government and say, Hey, we, we don't have any stuff here. What stuff? We don't have any stuff. And then they, he did lie to the government, you know, after the, they, they gave a false certification after the, uh, subpoena, the, the, after they returned some documents pursuant to the subpoena, they, they gave a false, uh, representation that there was an adequate search conducted and that, um, these were all the documents and they just weren't. So, you know, and, and that and so much other evidence and there's evidence of he was telling people like, they should look through the documents and pluck yeah. the bad stuff out. And, you know, I mean, it, it's just, it's just overwhelming. You just don't see that kind of evidence. And, and, it's very and, unusual and, 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 and for judge, privilege to be pierced. Correct. And apparently there is a 90 plus page opinion, I think in 90 yeah. or something, um, that is still under seal. We won't see it till someday. Well, someday we'll see it I'm mm. about. By the former chief judge, Judge Beryl Howell of the United States District Court for District of Columbia, who was presiding over all of these grand jury disputes in her capacity as chief judge, she wrote this long opinion explaining why the privilege went away. And I just don't see, and it went up to the Court of Appeals of the District of District Columbia Circuit. They tried to stop, tried to stop her order from being um, carried out. And a three-judge panel, including a at least one, maybe two Republican judges, Trump appointees, didn't give it the time of day because the, the, because presumably they looked at the 
judge, um, judge's opinion and said, wow, yeah. <laughs> look at all that. And, yeah. and basically they disposed of the appeal in about, I don't know, 24 or 36 hours. It was really fast. So, so the principle that, that, is- that, that, that's litigate. They could try to relitigate that, but yeah. I, you know, I, I, if, 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 I mean, judge Howell, um, is, just an extremely, she's a very competent judge and she was very well respected and she dots her I's and crosses her T's. And I just don't see how they're going to attack that. They, I, I don't, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe this judge can and we'll find some way, but I, I think she'll just get slammed again like she did the first time around. So the reason, the reason we're talking about all of these pretrial motions and the, and the focus on procedure is because the substance of the indictment is so damning, mm-hmm. right? So they're, they're only possible maneuver here there, is, there are only is, possible is, is to delay, fuck with the process is, is to, to delay, delay right. and to call it a question no, the, the, the he's got two used. plays he's got two plays in there and they're like we have seen this playbook before from donald j trump one is to delay that's yeah. his classic litigation strategy civil and criminal is to slow things down take interlocutory appeals ask for continuances ask for long, more time to submit papers and just do that ad infinitum and and sometimes that has worked in the past i mean it worked he has a knack for getting out of things well yeah no he's been he's been refining these methods for decades yeah. because he has been an individual who has been in legal scrapes basically from from the beginning of his adult professional life that's one and the other is basically he's calling for violence and yeah. jury nullification and you know by saying oh people are very angry people are people are very angry we <laughs> i know you're all very upset you shouldn't commit violence i've been but waiting for an impression we, 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 no one should commit violence but people are very 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 angry at what's being done to me because what's being done to me is destroying the country and it's being done to you. They're not really after me. They're after you. They're after you. And I, people, you can't fault people for being (laughs) mad and wanting to fight back and we need to fight back Uh, to take our country. You know, all this stuff, the same, same playbook from January 6th. Correct. And it's fair. It's quite scary. I mean, I mean, on the plus side is that these, these people are stupid. Mm -hmm. And disorganized. Um, He's I mean, still Julie, scrambling for lawyer as of today. He doesn't have a lead defense. We think counsel. he does not have. Yeah, he has a problem because all of the he 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 has always gone through lots of lawyers. Remember, he had that this clown show for the what second impeachment that? trial. He, well, a couple of reasons is he he's he's nuts. Uh, <laughs> and he he doesn't follow legal advice. He shops for legal advice. He, he uses will, his lawyers to commit crimes, which he, you're not supposed right, to do. He, he gets his lawyers into trouble, and then he doesn't pay them. And, and, you know, he'll even shop for legal advice from people who aren't lawyers. I mean, part of the reason why he's in this mess is he, he, he was convinced, or allegedly, by Tom Fitton, who runs this legal organization called Judicial Watch, but who is himself not a lawyer. He, he got this some cockamamie theory from this guy who doesn't, can't read, obviously doesn't know anything about law and didn't read an opinion in a case that his own organization want, lost that said that... Um, he says that basically he could do whatever he wanted to these documents on the Presidential Records Act. The Presidential Records Act says exactly the opposite. The Presidential Records Act says these documents belong to the United States of America and they revert to the control of NARA on, at noon on January 20th, 2021. So, I, you know, it, it's just, he's, 
he's got nothing. I mean, he, he really has no, but that said, I mean, you know, they, there's going to be some litigation about how you handle these documents because they're classified. There are specific provisions in the statute called the Classified Information Protection Act that are very complex and that require some expertise. And so what happened with him, with his lawyers is that he made them all witnesses. And if you, there's something called the lawyer witness rule that says that if you are a witness in a case, you cannot you cannot be an advocate in the case. So all of these people who he tried to get to lie to the government or he told, uh, he, he made these admissions to like Corcoran who, who, who made these extensive notes that the government put to good use in the indictment. These, you know, Alina Haba, they're all witnesses. And to some extent, they, they have been exposed to potential criminal liability because they were conveying false information from Donald Trump to the government. You know, I think Alina Haba issued that certification that said all the documents were produced, although she she put a little caveat there because she knew that, you know, she was treading on on um, on on thin ice. And but, you know, the point is that the information that was given to her that was false was given to her by him. And that's why the attorney client privilege appears. And that's why she's a witness. And that's why she can't, even though she's not competent to anyway, represent um, Trump. And then, then, and then they've got the problem of morale with these lawyers, the two lawyers that they have had who are actually halfway competent, um, uh, resigned, three of them resigned in, in a matter of weeks, two, two on the day uh, the indictment was unsealed. So he's got between the lawyers who have, who, who are conflicted out because they are witnesses and lawyers who have resigned. He has no lawyers to, who are, who are who, right now who can take this case to trial. Um, and the, not only does he need to find competent lawyers, he needs to find competent lawyers with experience in CIPA litigation, the, the classified information, um, handling of classified information. And they need, under CIPA, uh, the, these, these lawyers need to have security clearances. Uh, the, the, the lawyers that really narrows your pool. It really does, and and you know, in Florida, yeah. okay, because in these these, in the, 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 these cases typically <laughs> members of the Florida bar who have security yeah, no, no, I mean, and are, want to represent right, you, right? And I mean, they, they, they I'm sure there are yeah. such lawyers, but you know, and there are more lawyers of that ilk here in per square inch here yeah. on K Street right. than there are on in West Palm Beach or in Miami. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's hunting around. For, and then, so you've got the, and you got the problem is that people don't want to take the reputational hit. They don't want to get stiffed on their bills. I mean, it's, you know, good lawyers will not represent him. Truly good lawyers will not represent him. And I, and I, I learned that uh, back in 2017, he actually was consulting with me in 2017, spring of 2017, about finding lawyers to help with the Mueller investigation. And so many good lawyers were on the list who just didn't want to touch it. Did not because they knew that he was a bad client, and it's just like holding a grenade, right? Yeah. It's like there's no upside yeah. representing. Imagine that there's no upside to representing a president of the United States who is also um, a billionaire, yeah. right? Can you imagine that's, that? That's how insane. bad do you have how to be? To, have to right, be. exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's they're the type of client ordinarily that you, if you are a profit maximizing high end yeah. defense lawyer is like, you, you, this is your, this is like, this is a client. Yeah. yeah. You want to, yeah. that would be the greatest defense to, yeah. thing to have, put a feather in your cap, to get yeah. the guy off. Steer clear. Yeah. Uh, so Parlatori told 
Axios that after the trial, he predicts the case is going to be appealed to the Supreme Court. He also said, like, the, the delays are going to delay, delay, delay. This is not going to be tried within a year. Could could be even longer. That puts us right smack dab in the middle of the heat of the 2024 race. I know that. Oh. How do you expect this to play out, uh, like, to the Supreme Court? Okay, Look, let's just say— It's not going go to it's not gonna go to this. It's, it's you don't not, think so? There's, there's no— there, I mean, unless nothing has happened thus far, and okay. there is no legal issue that is lurking that would get this case are into the Supreme any, Court. I mean, okay, we are in uncharted legal territory. I mean, he's are there going to be novel questions that are raised, novel legal questions that are raised as part of whether the procedural or substantive prosecution? No, no, because the evidence is so overwhelming, and he's not president. Okay, he did all of this when he was not president, and. He gets treated. She needs to be treated like everyone else, and he hasn't come up with a factual or legal defense. His construction of the law doesn't make any sense. He's got nothing. Okay, he really has nothing. I mean, he'll get so contrasted. Just for a very brief yeah. second, contrasted to the first indictment in New York, where there is a really tenuous legal theory about how you get to a federal charge. This is as uh, procedurally speaking. This I, is very I, I, dis- I disagree with that characterization of the New York case. And that okay. would be another podcast episode, but there are, you know, at least there's some, there are some arguments there that he can make as to whether or not the case, the, those charges, the books and records charges in New York can be charged as felonies as opposed to misdemeanors. That's the issue. Right. right. Okay. That's, that's the issue. And, um, it's not. It's a fair ground for litigation. A, I think. I think. I think the New York District Attorney is correct. I um, based on the, on what I've read. I haven't done the full research, but I you know I look forward to reading the briefs. There's actual. It's a litigable okay. issue, and okay. I wouldn't be embarrassed to raise it on his behalf if I were representing Donald Trump. Got it. He's got nothing here. Okay. And he'll, he'll, he's entitled to one round of appellate review and to say that the evidence was insufficient. But I, I just don't see how the evidence is not going to be sufficient. Mm-hmm. So um, he really, he really is behind the eight ball. That said, you know, there's no guarantee that this case gets tried before the election. Yeah. The case should get tried if you had a, a determined and competent federal judge who doesn't brook any delay and who is methodical and fast. Um, this case could be tried in a year. Okay. I think. Could be. Could be. Yeah. I, I think a good judge would, would do that and would want to do that. Um, because this would be the most important thing on her docket. You don't want this case because you open just, on election no, day 2024. Well, well, you just, you know, it's just disrupted to the court. It's disrupted yeah. to the country. It just, and, and it's not that complicated. It yeah. needs to be resolved for, for everyone's benefit, including Donald Trump's benefit, even though he doesn't want that. Yeah. yeah. So I He don't, wants this to drag on as long as possible. Correct. Because that's what he wants. He, he, he That's, you know, because every day that he let, you know, gets a, a motion that delays the, the that's, a, that's a day he doesn't spend in federal prison. Let's turn quickly to how Republican leaders have responded to the indictment. You've got Kevin McCarthy, Lindsey Graham. Shameless and Asa shameful. Hutchison, Bill Barr, Chris Christie, Mitt Romney. Correct. They don't all fall in the same category. No. But it's really hard to take somebody like Chris Christie seriously. Bill Barr, on the other hand... Uh, no, I, 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 I'm going to defend how do you, how do you, Christie. How do you read all of them? Yeah. I'm going to defend Christie here. I mean, I take Christie seriously because Christie actually prosecuted cases like okay. this. And he's basically saying, I looked at this indictment. I prosecuted cases like this. And I worked in the Justice Department. And I don't see anything political here. And I think the evidence is overwhelming. I don't, I, 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 I. 
Okay. I, there's no reason not to take that at face value. And I think it even has more credibility given the fact that he is a supporter, a past supporter of Trump and has cut Trump a lot of slack in a lot of ways. You could criticize him for defending Trump at various points for various things. Um, but both, I, I, multiple know, things can be true. Well, yeah, it, yeah. Both things, both he could, you know, but, but this, you know, I, I, it's perfectly okay in my view for him to speak the truth about this. And, and I, and I do think this is as, this is more clear cut than anything else that this guy has yeah. done. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think the guy was guilty of obstruction in the Mueller investigation. I think the guy was guilty of, you know, committing extortion or, or seeking a bribe in the, in, in the, in the, in the Ukraine, um, Zelensky conversation. I think he has done a lot of other things, but this is just, you know, as I said, it's like the nickel and dime. It's a, it's a, there's like the drug bust on the street corner that's filmed, um, from, from the FBI, surveillance, surveillance car. Band. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's just, they got him dead to rights. Except you don't even need the surveillance car. It's on Twitter. It's on, he, he, he's, it's he's, out there. He's telling you he's, he's doing he's it. He's giving speeches where he's basically <laughs> admitting that he committed a crime. I mean, this guy, it's like, he, he's like OJ. Did you see that? OJ went on Twitter. No, I didn't. OJ went on Twitter a couple of days ago and made this selfie video where he said, listen, I got, basically I got advice for Donald Trump. Shut up. <laughs> and you know, OJ's an expert in this. Yeah. Right? OJ knows how to get off a criminal charge where he was, you know, guilty as hell. And I I, I it's good advice. I mean, you it's know good advice. I I you know if you're I, capable I, I, of it. you know, I mean, no matter how you slice it, so to speak. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I think oof, yeah. Ow, Oh, that's a hot take. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Here's the here's the more depressing part about the Republican response. Recently, yeah. Yahoo News YouGov poll revealed that 43 percent of Republican voters believe Trump should be allowed to serve as president, even if convicted of a serious. Yeah. Crime. No, it's crazy. That's they they, they literally are. want their that's president. To, they want a president who is a criminal. I mean, you yeah. just cannot. Yeah. The the depths to which Trump and the cowardice of people who have allowed Trump to flourish. Mm have sunk the Republican party is, is just unimaginable. And, but that's where we are. I mean, we have, we basically have a large segment of the U S voting population that is untethered to, and refuses to come to grips with reality. And it's, it's a, it's a frightening thing. This is regardless of the strength of the case against him, inevitably, uh, inextricably a test of our democracy. Correct. It's a test of our, it's a test of our ability to apply the laws without fear or favor to everyone. Yeah. So what is the best case and the worst case paint, paint, paint two different pictures here about how this resolves. Best case is that, um, for the country, I don't best case for in the country. Trump. Best case. Believe me. Sorry about your luck. Believe you me, Ron, I do not, I do not look at things from the standpoint of what is best for Donald Trump, but, um, no, the best thing would be for a, a, a conviction and, and incarceration in my view, as swiftly as possible. Now, I don't know whether that's going to happen. Um, I don't think the one outcome I cannot see 
would be a jury verdict in his favor. I just don't see how he gets 12 jurors to unanimously say that he didn't commit a federal crime. But they don't need a unanimous conviction here, right? Yeah, they do. They do need unanimous. They need unanimous okay. conviction, but they also need unanimous acquittal. So if it's uh, 11 to 1 yeah. in favor of conviction and there's one guy wearing a red hat and a blue Make America Great Again flag on his lapel and he decides to hang the jury and just not refuse to convict, well, they get to, the government gets to try the case again. They do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that would not be a great outcome because this would, this would, that would drag this case, this out to 2025, 2026. But I just don't see him getting off. I mean, there's theoretically, there's a, a judge could direct a verdict, the judge, in which case that would have double jeopardy consequences. It couldn't be appealed or it couldn't, you know, if, if she, if she does it on the evidence and doesn't dismiss the case before trial. But the problem is I just, that would be so outrageous. Um, I, I just can't see how, how she could rationalize that. I mean, if you're going to take the case and say that there's not enough evidence here, you'd have to take a view of the law that would say that even before the trial, you'd, you'd, you'd say, well, this, this indictment, if you accept all the facts as true, doesn't state a crime, in which case you'd have to dismiss the case before trial on a motion to dismiss, if that's what she wants to do, um, although I think there's no legal basis for it, and but that would be appealable. Okay. If she directed a verdict um, during a trial, then, and then the government's got a problem and he, 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 would, he would walk, I think. Um, but I just don't see how she would do that. And I just, you know, I, I, but we'll see. We'll see if she's been chastened by what happened, Judge Eileen Cannon, by what happened when she tried to slow down the government's investigation by appointing a special master, which yeah. even Bill Barr said was just bananas. That's kind of a bonkers ruling. That is, and people will remember that. Right. And, that, and, and, that and episode, she was, she's, the, she's the judge trying this case. So in right. theory, she should, he should be very pleased with this judge. He, he, he got the best possible draw in yeah. the nation. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't because there's anything untoward about how, how, how she was selected. It's just the fact That's that- random. Well, it was random, but also, but the fact is that because the events, underlying events occurred in Palm Beach, Florida, the government had to, under the local rules, check a box that said that this, this case goes to the West Palm Beach division of the court. And in the West Palm Beach division of the court, there are three judges that sit in West Palm Beach. And then there's this one judge, Eileen Cannon, who sits out in Fort Pierce. Um, I guess that's northwest of West Palm. I don't know my, my Florida geography. Mm -hmm. But they all sit together and hear the West Palm Beach cases. So basically, he, you know, it's a one in four chance. You draw her and he got lucky twice. He got, you know, one in 16. It, it happens. So... One of the worst case scenarios here is this does drag on until 25, 26. What happens, George, if he, okay, it's going to become the Republican nominee, presumably, just nobody else beats him. Then he goes on to face Biden general election 2024. What happens if he beats Biden and then he becomes president again and he's still- Well, I, I, think, that's a, I, think, I think that's a counter counterfactual. I, I don't think that's going to come to pass. I mean, my predictions okay. of, about this were- It's I've not been, certainly, the chance is not zero. The chance is not zero, which is-, which is you know, I, I, it's kind of like the chance of nuclear war um, not being zero yeah. was always what made us hide in the basements yes. um, for decades. I mean, you're too young for that. I, don't I, know. Know. I, I, I know my history. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know your history, right? Yeah, you didn't actually you didn't actually go to schools where they where they had signs that said fallout shelter like they did in the 70s. But OK, anyway, um, the he's 
Well, where was I? I'm well, just interrupting I, myself. I, what I'm, there's, there's a question and a proposition on the yeah. table. The question is, what is the worst case scenario that you can think of here that is actually plausible? And I, I, and I floated one, which doesn't sound great. I don't know if it's the worst, but there is a non-zero chance that he becomes right. president oh, yeah. here, 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 and here the are my trial's not over. Here are my predictions. One is he was going to be indicted two or three times before the election. So that's, so we're County, already, we're already, right. And I think we, I think we may have a, another federal indictment um, for the January 6th stuff. Second, he's going to get pretrial release, he's going to get bail. Third is he's going to foment violence. And fourth is he's going to get the nomination anyway. Yes. I okay. think all of those things are true. All those things are true, but I don't think he's going to win the general election. I really don't. But again, as you say, I don't disagree. There is a non, you know, he's on the ballot. There's a non-zero possibility. I mean, you could think of- Biden's very unpopular. There Biden's not that popular, but I mean, I like, think people will still crawl on broken glass to vote for him over Trump, even if they don't necessarily approve of Biden. Yeah. And I think he's going to win anyway, but you know, he's old and maybe he, maybe he falls off the, off the truck. I don't know. And, and, and maybe, maybe it's uh, Trump Harris or Trump, I mean, somebody if it's else. Trump Harris. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Well, yeah. it could be. And then you've got these, these clowns. I mean, I shouldn't be this mean to them, but I, other contenders. Well, you've you've got the third party, the non no oh, no, no labels. labels. Those people are dangerous. Yeah. Those people are legitimately dangerous because if you put a th if you have a third party candidate that does has draws anything away, it's gonna they're gonna he's not gonna draw from he or she's not gonna draw from MAGA. You're gonna draw from no, Biden. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, we cannot I have, have made this case to them. They're, right. They're, I mean, like, you know, and, and the Republicans know this and the Republicans know, for example, that if somehow DeSantis gets the nomination, they, they should know by now that Trump is going to run on third party to take, 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 take DeSantis down. Yeah. I mean, a you know, any, it's just, you know, a third party totally would make this a, a third-party presidential ticket Correct. would absolutely. Correct. Now we Correct. can set aside another podcast episode for the need of a third party in right. general. No, that you should, you viable, should, right. but that's yeah. a different thing. No, that would be really important. Thing. So, okay, so worst case scenario is worst worst case. I know scenario, you're an optimist. The, the worst case scenario is that the case doesn't get tried before then. The worst case scenario. That's one. The worst case. I don't think there's going to be an acquittal. Um, I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, it could be maybe the judge tries to to force one. I don't know. I just don't see that happening. I think the worst case is the case doesn't get tried, and um, before twenty twenty four, before January one twenty twenty five, and he gets elected, which I think is not going to happen. But if that happens, um, what happens, even if he actually, even if he's no, he, uh, here's a scenario for you. Okay, let's say Judge Cannon does everything right. And he is convicted in April of 2024. Okay. okay. I mean, this is, this is really, really, really speedy. Even the MAGA right? hat guy. Votes and then, yes. you know, the, the appeal takes a miraculously short amount of time or he's, 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 he's remanded to jail pending appeal. And, and this court, I think the court of, you know, I, I, let's say he, he, he his, his conviction is affirmed. Let's, that's the best case scenario, which I think is unlikely to happen in 18 months. And he's in jail. Okay. And he's in jail in October of 2024. Federal prison. Federal prison. And he's running his campaign, you know, um, through 
from, from like by, from a payphone, from payphone, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 right from 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 a glass booth, <laughs> you know, where he he's got Jason Miller on the other side of the plexiglass <laughs> telling him, ah, "It's a good ad, run that ad," uh, you know. Um, and he's incarcerated. He wins. They would have to spring him on at noon on January twentieth, twenty twenty five. In my view, I think constitutionally, um, they would have to spring him, and. If, you know, the other thing that he would try to do. Like no more or serve out the rest of your sentence after you're done. I, I think serve, serve out the sentence after you're done. I think they'd, ha- I, I don't think you can incarcerate a sitting president. And, you know, the Justice Department's per- position has been since the Nixon administration and reaffirmed in the Clinton administration is that you cannot even charge a sitting president of the United States. So there's no question I mean, I don't know that I don't think that's necessarily right. If I, I, I think if I were a judge, I wouldn't buy that full position, but I don't see how you could keep the president from yeah, being president by holding him in a federal or a state prison. It's just, you know, it, it, he, the executive power rides in him, resides in him and he's elected president. Then he, you know, you, you no other operation of any other law other than the constitution can keep him from doing that. And I think the only solution would be for then for Congress to impeach and remove the man. That's, that's what the constitution provides. So, so yeah, that's the worst case scenario. And then because he would at try, that point we are a full blown constitutional crisis. Right, the no, no, we are, like, no, the, the country, the, the country is ungovernable. The, in, yeah. the country is completely ungovernable. We have basically, we are, we are Bolivia. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's basically it. We have lost all have I insulted Bolivia? On the world I don't know. Stage. Maybe I mean, Bolivia is a nice country. I don't know, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, um, I shouldn't pick Banana Republic. I, I didn't mean, call anybody an asshole country or anything like that. Uh, I was just saying. But we would be we would be like a fourth world country if if that happens. And that is, you know, the fact that there the fact there that is a none that we the fact that there's even a path right, to that, is, that right, eventuality right, right. is alarming. You, you 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 know, it's like the it's like it's like the playoff scenarios. It's like it, this may be 0.01%, but the yeah. fact that it's on the board yeah. is is absolutely horrifying. Yeah. You know, that you that you even have to that you even have to draw that path out in your decision tree is yeah. terrible. We won't even get to the rest of these. No, uh, we could do this for about yeah, six more hours. Yeah, I, know, I know. We've been doing it for a while. But this is good. No, yeah, this, is, this, is a, this is a good walkthrough of where we are now. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Is and the we, other thing, the other thing I forgot to get, mention, the yeah. other thing I forgot to mention is the other thing he would try to do, which I do not know whether he could succeed in because there's just basically no law in it and there are good arguments against it, but, but you know, nothing, nothing definitive, is that he could try to pardon himself. The other, the other yeah. possibility would be this case drags along. He does not get the nomination, which I don't, I don't see how he doesn't get the nomination because there's just too many people running against him and, yeah. and everybody, the, the party yeah, yeah. is so denuded of courage by yeah. its leadership that I just don't see. Yeah. It's 2015 again, except 20, you yeah, don't have correct. anybody trying right. to take like, but, <laughs> but the other thing is he could, he could, he, if he, if he, if he's not elected himself and tries to pardon himself, he could also, you know, you know you, he could try to persuade a Republican president who wins in his stead, which I don't see happening, but it could to, 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 to pardon him. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, which would be just a terrible thing for the country. But anyway. 
anything on this. Front. Any other horrible things? Well, I don't know. Any other horrible know. scenarios been, you want to talk man, about? I didn't write. I like didn't giant, make all this giant, giant meteors. <laughs> the big, the big crunch where the the, the theory, the theory that 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 that, that, that as astrophysicists reject that says the, the universe will collapse again into a little oh, into into a singularity and then big bang again. Yeah, and Boom. bang again. Yeah, it's just yeah, a yeah, constantly yeah. expanding yes. and contracting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it takes well, I mean, takes fifty billion years, but you know, and 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 it gets a little hot by that point. We will all be. We will all be yes, right. digitally right. immortal because AI will have solved the problem of yeah, we will, we will all we will, we will all be cloud. like Hal and, and Frank Bowman <laughs> in the cloud, <laughs> 2010. There, I mean, there is there, so, uh, only we, the science fiction nuts out there are going to get that. AI is really going to. I mean, we, that's, well, we're going to be dead by then. Don't worry about it. Okay, no, we're, this we're, is happening in the next year. This stuff, this, this, all right, fine. Is a, we're going to get, we're going to get, you and I, we're going to, we're going to save up our money and we're going to take Elon Musk's. Um, I'd go to space. Yeah. I'd do it. Yeah. Let's go. Let's yeah. do a podcast from space. Why don't we send Donald <laughs> Trump there? Uh, okay. Donald Trump on Mars. Mars. Um, what a real estate play. <laughs> Look at these. Look at these valleys. Look at those mountains. Oh, little cold, little cold, little cold. You know, we got to turn up the heat a little. Oh my God. This is too good. Um, you're still on Twitter primarily. Most of the place. Uh, <laughs> of, of many places. Many CNN, places. MSNBC. Yeah, I do. I just, you know, I just do whatever. Okay. And politicology. Politicology. Um, we should do a live show, by the way. We're planning on- we're You're going to do a live show maybe, like on stage? Yeah, like on stage. Probably. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I know. I have some friends who did like the, 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 the um, what, what do they call them? Sisters-in-law? Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They actually, did the whole thing. Actually, uh, it sounded like it was pretty they, good. They, they're great. They, I love them. Joyce and Barb and uh, Senator Jones all wanted to join us today, but it was such like last minute. Oh. Uh, so maybe we should um, plan plan a little further out. But I, 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 you know- They're I mean, fun. They're no, really I, fun. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, people go to these things. It's yes, interesting. I people go to them. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it, but okay. Especially, yeah. I think I think our first one. I'm too lazy to go to stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm too lazy to go to stuff. I just, you know, I, I even watch. I even watch the yeah, NBA but, finals yeah. on my phone. But, but I don't even go to. But the if TV. we put you on stage, people, yeah. So. No, I, yeah but, <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't think I. I, I think I'm bolder here in a studio. <laughs> nobody here. Well, I don't see people making faces at me or whatever. Uh, okay, I know you got. You got corgis to get to. I um, And are, we got to watch. And we got to watch today's festivities. Go turn on the TV, watch the festivities, pop Absolutely. some popcorn. Yeah. Um, George, Many people are saying this. Many people are saying. Many this. people. Thank you. For being With here. tears in their eyes. Let's do this again. Yep. Thank you. Bye, Politicology. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you to everyone at home and on the go for listening. If you haven't yet, we'd appreciate it if you could open up the Apple Podcasts app and give us a five-star rating and review over there. This helps us rise in the rankings so that new people can discover politicology organically. If you have questions about anything we've talked about, you can reach us, as always, at podcast at politicology.com. And even when we can't respond, we do read everything you send us, whether it's an episode idea a guest recommendation, or just a simple note about how the show has impacted you. And we love hearing from you. I'm Ron Steslow. I'll see you in the next episode.